Do you want to become a better songwriter? Well, we created a very simple 10-minute songwriter personality test, and it's going to help you better understand who you are as a writer, and it's going to help you in the writer's room when you're writing with other writers, because you're going to be able to identify what kind of writer they are, maybe even have them take the songwriter personality test. If you're curious and you want to take the songwriter personality test today, just visit songwriterpersonalitytest.com or go to the link on the writingworship.co website. You're listening to the Brave Worship Podcast, and this is the Songwriter Personality Series. In this series, Chrissy sits down with some of her favorite songwriters, and they discuss their unique songwriter personalities. If you're interested in taking the Songwriter Personality Test yourself for free, you can do so at chrissynordhoff.com forward slash test. That's chrissynordhoff.com forward slash test. And now, here's today's special episode of the Brave Worship Podcast. You're listening to the Brave Worship Podcast with Chrissy Nordhoff and Mary Beth Dodd. Brave Worship is all about encouraging women to write, lead, and live worship. Hey guys, this is Chrissy Nordhoff, and I'm really excited to be back with you doing this songwriter personality test series. And today, I brought in two of my very favorite co-writers. We've got Mike Grayson and Dustin Smith, who are twins. They are both concept on the Songwriter Personality Test. So before we dive in, would you guys mind just sharing a little bit about you and about your songwriting experience, just a tiny bit? Who's going first? Dustin. (laughs) (laughs) um i think for me i just i was a worship leader for a long time so um my song i only started writing songs because my pastor preached sermons i couldn't find uh songs for yeah and i knew that my church i think i felt like if i could get these words in people instead of just two people yeah that it would birth a song from a group and not just to a group so Mm. um my pastor really liked that (laughs) You know, that his messages were being written in the songs. Yeah. He didn't like the fact I wasn't giving him any credit, but... Um, <laughs> or, never or, do. Yeah. They never do. But I... So I really... I only wrote songs for that. I never considered anything beyond it. And so when I would sit down at night, I would open up the Bible and just start singing the Psalms. And then I would start trying to figure out how to say that differently. Mm-hmm. And then I would take the notes... And from the messages and try to put it into something singable. So when I started writing songs, I mean, I did that for probably five years before I ever did any kind of writing for anything else besides my local congregation. Yeah. And I think that's just where my skills were honed. And it's probably why my personality leans, you know, the way it does too a little bit, because my heart was really to get a message in people and a concept in people that I wanted to see them uh, walk away with an idea that they could go, this is who God is, or this mm-hmm. is who we are, or something like that. Yeah. So I would just sit around for hours trying to look at the notes and figure out how do I say that in a way that's like, that we could say it easily, you know? Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know the rules of songwriting, which was probably helpful. So I just <laughs> did it, you know? Nobody told me it was good or bad. If my church sang it, it was good. And if they didn't, then I told them somebody else wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> That was a Tomlin song. 
So for me, yeah. I, I think that was it for me. Is just I just wanted to get that get it in people. So yeah. that that kind of narrowed my purpose for songwriting, mm-hmm. which narrowed my um, my strengths probably yeah, into that, that area because this is what I wanted to do. Yeah. Mm. And now you're a staff writer with Integrity yep. Music and artist as well, right? Yeah. And um, you have a ministry called Here Be Lions. Yep. So everybody go check that out. Yeah. And they're doing albums. You also have a, a ministry called Healing is Right. Yeah. Um, which is free music for sick people. And yeah. it's an app people can download so cool. and listen to in the hospital or play it in your house. People have been healed that way. Yeah. A lot of people. So Writing a lot of songs awesome. for that stuff. And you're also now a pastor. So <laughs> October. Um, October, yeah. you're going to be pastor at Hope You See Nashville. Yep. So yeah. pretty amazing stuff. Fun. And Jeez. Mike. Now I have to follow that. <laughs> you got I'm not, a list. I'm not nearly as cool. You got a list. Um, no, I would say my my songwriting started. So I, growing up, desperately wanted to play an instrument. I just loved music. It was saxophone for a long time. Mm-hmm. I never actually played saxophone, but I really wanted. <laughs> but come come fifth grade, I got a guitar, like an old classical guitar that the neck broke off, and we just like glued it back on. <laughs> um, but I learned how to play E, and I learned that you could like move it in different spots, and it actually sounded good. And and I just started writing immediately. Like that was just like part of. I guess why I even wanted to, I didn't know it was songwriting, but it was like, I didn't want to be John Mayer on guitar. I just wanted to like write songs for, at the time, just personal worship, you know? Right. Um, And so just did that for a long time, was leading worship in my youth group and loved it. And then, um, I've told you this before, but eighth, my, the summer between seventh and eighth grade, I'd written some songs put them on a cassette tape, you know, and gave it to my middle school Bible study leader who happened to be the lead singer of Dan Hazeltine, who lead singer of Jars of Clay. It was his mom, was my middle school Bible study leader. And so I gave her a copy of it because I wanted her to hear it. And she ended up playing it for Dan. And at the time, I think like Hanson was a thing and maybe they were trying to find the Christian version of that. I don't know. But Dan heard it and actually brought me up to Nashville when I was like 13. Wow. And it was like the, the the guys in jars were the band and we recorded three songs and I just remember being like, What is like <laughs> what is this? Like I just yeah. like how did these songs oh that I just wrote and you know, just like got me That's here. That's amazing. And um it I mean incredible experience mm-hmm. and um it actually I mean it was incredible and then also awful in 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 different ways. But the incredible part was I just remember leaving Nashville at that age, feeling like I was leaving home. Like, I just, I didn't know why. I just felt like, oh, I'm not done here, you know? Right. But then the horrible part was, I mean, and and it ended up being a blessing, but I just, I went through a season of um, not writing songs for the Lord anymore, but writing for people, you know? Like, oh, that's like, I'm I'm trying to like get something, Mm. you know? And that, it was heartbreaking, especially at that age, not understanding like, why don't people like email back and why don't they, you know what I mean? Like it was just like, maybe I'm not good and maybe this, you know, and long story short, it was just life and it just wasn't my time, you know? Right. But I remember finally getting through high school and I knew I wanted to go to Belmont 
was leading worship and I was over like the whole like CCM industry thing. I was just like, I want nothing to do with it. And I was like, I just want to lead worship and got to Belmont. And then literally within the first two weeks of my freshman year is when this band Mike's chair kind of formed Mm -hmm. just from me and a friend writing in our dorm room, you know? And then sure enough, it's like that turned into a record deal and touring for 12 years and Mm -hmm. kind of became this thing. And, um, you know, writing for that was very different because for me, like I, I, I'm all, I've always been a worship writer. Like that's, that's my core. Yeah. And I would, you know, but then you bring it into this band scenario where it's more pop or Mm -hmm. rock or whatever. So it's like, I was always trying to, you know, influence what we were doing with worship. Right. But it, it wasn't ever like, I just felt like I am running in my gift, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, until, I mean, gosh, a couple years ago when my wife and I, we had signed a new deal mm-hmm. doing a duo thing. And again, that wasn't like a worship thing. That was kind of a pop thing. And um, we both with kids, having two kids and traveling, it just wasn't working. And I was yeah. like, Lord, I, you know, I think it's time to hang up that chapter. Yeah. And that's when I decided to dive into the local church full time. And um, part of what they wanted me to do was just start writing songs for our church. Like not, Mm. not for the world, not for anything, but to put like words on people's lips for our church. And now, I mean, literally the last two years have been the most exciting time for Mm. me writing wise, because Mm. I finally, I finally feel like I'm in, I'm in my calling, which Mm. it's weird to think like, Lord, why would you bring me through 12 years of Mm -hmm. what didn't feel that, but I've learned so much. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like as a writer, even I have a lot more tools now because of it, but I do feel like it's for this time in my life, not Mm -hmm. for kind of what I've done in the past. That's awesome. And you're at Cross Point Church. Yep. Full time at Cross Point. You guys are releasing music too, which is fun. Um, but I also love the way that you pastor your and shepherd your whole music team. Hmm. It's amazing. And the whole creative staff and everything you guys do there is awesome. Yeah. So Love it. Yeah. And I'm it's writing at Centricity Music. Yes, you're at Centricity and, Music. So yeah, I love it. That's so awesome. Okay, so we're going to dig into your personality type oh, and um, see if this sounds like you guys. So if you're a concept writer, you scored highest on these questions. You like to tell stories. You're a big picture type of person. Details do not appeal to you. Sometimes you get ideas for a direction of a song, but you don't necessarily like to figure out the lyrics to describe it. You love setting goals and casting vision, and you are usually the one in the writing room that is able to explain the lyrical and melodic target. Um... And here's a little more. Concept writers are storytellers, and I'm smiling because you both are. Mm. They, they are great at mapping out the big picture of where the song needs to go and keeping it cohesive. They help to make sure all the details that come out during the write fit into the overall theme of the song. They're goal-focused. They are the guardrails. Does that sound like you? <laughs> yeah? Mm-hmm. I'd say most yeah? of it, yeah. Most of it? Which parts which parts are totally you when I read that out loud? Is there anything that stands out? Definitely the storytellers, both of you guys. Yeah, I would say storyteller and the in the big idea. Just Yeah. That I probably tend to write 
better with people who are lyric driven mm-hmm. and being able to direction lyrics. Yeah. Being able to fix lyrics. You know, I come up with I can come up with lyrics, but I feel you know when I'm in a room with lyricists, we could write ten songs. Yeah. You know, from yeah. Coming up with lyrics, yeah. probably write two. Which is yeah. why I love writing with Chrissy. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be like the perfect lyric, but somebody who is just keeping a lyric moving. It 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 helps me with yeah. as far as like you know oh wait that's not it but you know yeah. and I do connect with the whole for me when we're when we're writing I'll I'll usually start by saying okay if this is verse one yeah I'm already thinking about well this is where we need to go verse two or this is where bridge should kind of land or yeah it's it is more I guess big picture and yeah and as um a more lyrically minded person I love that I can. Because I, I like spitting out stuff, but I don't always know where it all should fit in the big picture of things. Yeah. And so that's why um, co-writing is such the expression of unity in the body mm-hmm. of Christ when it comes to music. Because all of those pieces come out for a reason. And sometimes you can't see where you fit or even where your lyrics fit until you see the other piece. Mm-hmm. And you see the other piece of the picture. Yeah. What about melody? Like, what goes through your mind um, during a write specifically about melodies as a concept writer? Is it the same thing um, as the lyric piece, or does it feel different? <laughs> uh, for, for me, melody, it, I'm, I'm also always like, I, I don't know how this fits in the type, but I'm also like a feeler. Like, I have to feel it. Yeah. So even if it's even if it's not saying the right thing yet, it's like I I don't I don't like latch on until it's like yo I feel I feel that let's you know it's, that's melody and probably lyric but yeah so it works both ways yeah kind of yeah well I think for me too depending on what I'm writing for if I'm writing for a congregation I'm just thinking through that melodic wise but uh-huh. I think I'm the same way it's like does that fit does that fit the concept mm-hmm. of what we're trying to say the feel of what we're trying to say yeah I think it's hard too because some people are conceptual but they're not they're not um, singers they're not great singers yeah and I think the you know Mike's a great singer so I feel like I'm gonna lean on how does that how does that feel in your voice? Mm-hmm. What, where's that melody riding for you? But somebody who's conceptual, but not a lyric or a you know a singer, and we're both singers, so right, I'm right. probably trying to feel out: Would I sing that? Is that something that yeah. fits my voice where I'm at? You know, and can our congregation sing it? Mm-hmm. And but I'm usually leaning on who's in the room and who we're writing it for melody wise. So I'm not as concerned about it usually if I'm writing for someone mm-hmm. else. Right? Like, how does that melody feel for you? Because I don't because they have to sing it. Yeah, yeah. I don't necessarily. You know, I'm not going to lean on that heavy. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, so overall, one of your greatest strengths, I think, is that you're great at deciphering which ideas add strength to the song and which ideas don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen that with both of you in the writing room. Um, one of the challenges I have is to make sure to leave room for ideas to develop through brainstorming. Sometimes, Because sometimes an idea goes through, and you guys know this, several stages to get to the place where it actually ends and we've we've all followed those trails before where you say something and it's maybe not quite the thing but you just chase it for a little bit and eventually it's the thing Mm -hmm. um so i think we've all been in those situations 
I think um, the more mature you get in that, though, the easier it is. Yeah. I think the maturity oh, yeah. causes you to stick to the concept. Yeah. And I think maturity says this still may be the concept, but we may be writing another song and right. get to walk away with two songs. Right. Because True. And, but immaturity, force, I would force, no, this is what we're talking about. True. And trying to make everybody go that way, but mm-hmm. something else was being birthed. Mm-hmm. And instead of going, maybe I need to change my where yeah. I'm headed and start wrapping my brain around what they're all feeling. Right. And But instead, in, in maturity, I go, no, this is, we need to do it That's here. Good. So mm-hmm. I think maturity allows you to be a little freer in that. So for brand new concept writers, I think that would be a really great thing to keep in mind is just, you know, keep an open mind as you're going through. And if something keeps coming back up like that in the room. Yeah. Um, then that's worth chasing for a little bit and yeah. just sort of shifting gears. And you're absolutely right. I mean, we've we've been in rights where we've come out with two songs or sometimes three, yeah. which is crazy. Mm, it yeah. has happened. I mean, not a ton. But, yeah, if you're open and willing, then you start, yeah, then your, your concept kind of starts dividing and multiplying and yeah. you can handle several at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so here are a couple of great suggestions for co-writers. Um, hearing and prophetic or any others in the music category. So again, uh, concept is in the center of our diagram, so it's one of the crafters. And if you can get some from both sides um, of that graph, which we've talked about before, um, that's the best case scenario. So... Oops, I missed a couple here. Best case is actually to work with a content writer in the lyrics category and someone from the music side of things. Um, And again, you can look at second giftings because sometimes those come into play in the room. Or sometimes the dynamic will shift just a little bit depending on who's in the room and what their first and second gifts are. Mm -hmm. Um, So, And then in cases where that's not possible, you just choose writers that have different gifts than you. So if your second gift, if your concept and your second gift is lyric, lean the opposite way. And the same is true if your second gift is in the music category, then you lean the other way. So there's a lot of different combinations that'll work. Um, And just experiment and have fun checking it out because you might be surprised at what works for you. I definitely think concept works for me because of these two sitting right here. Um... And then I have a little bit of advice for people that are going to write with you. So I want to share that next. Um, So if you're writing with someone that's a concept writer, or if you are a concept writer, these are things that you may be able to share with your co-writers. You can bring all your content and all your melodies. You can throw anything out into the middle of the room. They are gardeners. They know just how to trim and shape. Sometimes they're internal processors, but they may be gathering information. When they verbalize their thoughts, they are clear and make a lot of sense. Trust their direction on the song and how they keep everything on target. So I think it's important to learn to trust the concept people in the room because ultimately you're usually right. Uh, Most of the time. (laughs) In the writing room. In the writing room. Um, so yeah, I just want to open it up to a few things here at the end, right before we start our write today. 
guys. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I did not write this based on yeah. you. I just want to say well, that. I know what you're saying. <laughs> no, these are things I wrote long before I knew what you were. So, um, if you guys have anything you'd like to share with a brand new concept writer, like what are things that um, that you love or what are things that encourage you to co-write? Or what are things that annoy you or that bother your process, that stop your process? Things that maybe they can speak about ahead of time to avoid issues during their rights. Um, or anything confuses you or um, anything in your mm. hearts that you have to share with brand new concept writers. Any thoughts? I think Dustin nailed one of them, which is... Yes. I mean, this is just for really any writer, but it's... It's it's staying open to wherever the song can take you. I think, you know, sometimes... I, I, that's funny that you say some concept writers are quiet. Because mm-hmm. I do think sometimes in the room you can be like, man, I don't know, I'm not feeling that. But I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. I don't want to be the guy that, like, kills <laughs> what we're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it is It is. It is finding It's finding the, the positive ways of, like, hey, that's cool, but... What if we just tried something totally different? Or what if we tried making what we think is the chorus the bridge? Or what, you know, it's like I find myself doing that a lot of like, I don't know, what could that be the bridge? Which is really me saying, I don't think that's the chorus. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Um, So just finding positive, because what kills a right every time is when you're just like, I don't know, man, that's not, I'm not feeling that. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, well, what do you feel? Yeah. You know, because that's the thing. People in a room, it's like it needs to be collaborative. You can't just be like, don't like that, don't like that, you know, and, and that's where it's like co-writing. It's, it's finding the ways to, yeah, even if you're not feeling it to contribute towards maybe something else. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, I think silence for me kills it like a little bit when it's long periods of silence because I can't read people's minds. And because I am, you know, I actually started thinking about it more after I took the test Mm -hmm. that what kind of things. And I realized like, um, we have a friend, Michael Farron, who like the guy just spits n- lyrics, yeah. not like he in yeah. melodies and just runs. And I have people who have a hard time writing with him because he's so good at like, and they feel like he just runs, he runs it, runs away. And I said, I realized that I'm more like a guy. I said for Mike, like when I write with Michael, it's like riding a stallion. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Like, if you'll get on and get a bit in his mouth. Yeah. He doesn't mind being directioned. Yeah. Because as soon as you go, nah, look, what if, what about this? And he goes, oh, yeah. And But he'll take yeah. off that he'll way. He'll chase the other way, yeah. And, and I think most of the time people want to kill that because mm-hmm. they're like, it's too much. It's too much. And I'm like, man, just direction it. Right. And there's times of silence where it's like, oh, we all need to. Th- I'm, right. I'm thinking through it, too. And I'm trying to feel. But if I don't have a melody to direction or I don't have lyrics to direction, I'm guessing what you like or what you want. Right. And so people mm-hmm. who don't who don't just speak it out. And so even lyricists, I tell them like you don't have to talk as you internally process, but if you'll type where I can see it, it helps me gauge. So I know they don't like that. A lot of lyricists don't like that because right. like I don't want you to see it before <laughs> I perfect it. Right. And you're like, but if you've already perfected it, I don't have a part in it. You know. So right. it's almost like, can we? You know. So silence sometimes kills me when it's like twenty to thirty minutes of silence. That's You're like, the worst. Uh, yeah. Are you writing a song? Is this nap time or what's happening? Yeah. And so, but it gives me direction. And I think yeah. the second thing is, is like, I I got pretty narrow 
when I, um, probably because of what I came out of in writing worship music. Mm-hmm. And so I could only fit it into one box and that was corporate. And, and then I, I felt like the Lord started telling me, like, I want you to get my message into everything. Mm-hmm. I want it on radio. I yeah. want it in, I want it in love songs. I want it like, what mm-hmm. is a, what is the kingdom say about this? Mm-hmm. What is, you know, and yeah. I mean, Song of Solomon is written yeah, for a purpose, right. you know, it's like, mm-hmm. and I feel like God was saying, I need you to be, and it is more conceptual of like, mm-hmm. he's saying, just help direction because there's so much weak stuff out there. And so this isn't about just being congregational. So I had to really open myself wow. up to like when other people were in a room, I had to be careful because I was like, eh, I'm not really a radio guy. I'm really a, and God, and I felt God say, no, you're a kingdom guy. Like, right. you, okay. you, you're going to develop a message in hmm. them. Yeah. And so letting them run with it and letting them, even an artist just saying yes or no. Mm-hmm. So just again, that encouragement, it's not about, even that silencing isn't about you have to continually spit stuff. It's about, I just need to know, or yes, right. yes, yeah. yes, yeah. or no. It just say yes or no, and I'm like, ah, that's cool. We'll go this way with it. Yeah. And yeah. so I think it's just, again, in the room, it's like letting people be who they are, what you need. Nothing is off the table yeah. as far as even direction or what we need. But then mm-hmm. we're once we start locking in... It's we like, give me a yes with, or no. Say, yeah. give me some stuff and we'll, we'll ride that, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I, I would say, uh, the last thing that kind of drives me nuts, which won't happen today because none of us do this, but <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we don't know about that yet. Um, it, and it depends on what you're writing for, but I yeah. found like, especially for worship stuff, mm-hmm. when there's like a track guy in the room where all, all you have is like the, the four bar loop or whatever. But it's like you haven't really even landed on a melody or whatever to even fit what what you know what I mean. It's like you, it, I just get to the point where I'm like, "Yo, can we can we sit down? Them. Can we figure out where we're going and then let you kind of do your thing? Because otherwise, it just it dominates a right, and I feel like you get locked hmm. in when it's like it's not time to lock in yet. Yeah, I don't know why. So you just need that time ahead of time. Just to sort of establish, yeah. And then once you're established, like let's create a roadmap, a pattern, kind and of. And then, thing. but but again, it, d- it depends on what you're writing. If you're writing pop stuff, the track is super important. So it's like you, you know, you kind of want to make sure that's dialed in before you move. So it kind of depends on what you're doing, but. And that right. tells you too, personality-wise, what helps because, like, sometimes for me, that at least locks like a pattern at least locks mm-hmm. in something for me so i'm like okay that's the direction we're going like right so at least i know where i at least know what to do now right or wrong you know, yeah. something but but he's right because i think it is like oh. you know scripture says prefer one another mm-hmm. and i think that's the biggest thing about songwriting it's just like if if that mm. if driving that track messes mike up then i was like we need to not do that track because we need to figure out the process of how we work together and yeah. I prefer you over a track or I prefer mm. you right. over even a lyric. So yeah. I prefer you. And if you're really set on that or you really like this way, but I think as everybody just starts preferring one another, it's like, all right. That's cool. And so That's then really if you good. say, can you kill that track for a little bit? Then that person's not getting upset because they prefer right. one another and right. go, that messes his that right. messes him up or doesn't give him that clarity, so we drop it. So mm-hmm. I think it's just that preferring one another, saying this is this is what's going to help us work best today. Yeah, and I think a lot of that develops over time in relationship too, don't yeah. you? Because that's hard to figure out all of that in a first co-write. 
Like if you're having your first co-write, you're still learning who a person is. But I think the more that you write with them and the more writes that you do together, it just gets easier and easier yep. for the most mm-hmm. part. I agree. And I mean, you might know right away kind of which ones you're clicking with because besides these songwriter personalities, we have our regular personalities, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of sort through. And, and eventually you start seeing, oh, not only do we work well uh, in the writing room, but we also get along, you know, or, yeah. or even I can follow their pattern of thought sort of, you know, um, because I think that's another, a block in the writing room when you can't follow what somebody's doing mm-hmm. like that, that is hard and that's, that's complicated. But I think eventually you do, if you keep pushing through and keep writing, um, you know, past that first co-write, give, at least give somebody a couple tries before, you really make a decision, yeah. you know, on mm-hmm. if this is going to work long term or, yeah. um, but I think over time when you do develop those relationships, it should be a place where you can say, Hey, can you kill the track? Like you should be able to say that, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and they shouldn't have to try to figure you out that hard. Yeah. And, um, I think when you get to that place, it's, it's, um, it's a real place. Like you said, it's being real. It's being vulnerable. Um, and a lot of times we just do it in a joking way and that helps. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Absolutely. (laughs) If you could do it through a joke, it's usually the best way. That's awesome. So thank you guys so much for being willing to be vulnerable here and share what's going on in your head during a song, right? Not everything. Thank you. Yeah, that's true. But um, I'm thankful like, for both throw, of you. Th- don't throw things at people when you make them mad. I don't know so, what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. At least you're usually throwing food at me. So. Yeah. We're going to throw hey. something. Might as well yeah. make food. There was one time Chrissy's like, what do you think about this lyric? She put it out. And I was just silent for a minute. And I'm just thinking about it. Right. And she's like, do you not like it? I was like, I'm just thinking. And she chucked food at me. <laughs> I was like, wow. Wow, you really I went through weird. a lot of jelly beans. <laughs> yeah, she did. That might have been one of the first times I think I ever wrote with you, too, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, we were out at the um, Colorado, Colorado or something. But then I just thought, you know, Matt, maybe she's just, maybe she's just giving me treats. <laughs> she feels like this will help our co-write. So I started catching them in my mouth. <laughs> I'm like a zoo animal now. <laughs> It's your reward. Yeah, right. Good job, buddy. Good job. <laughs> I usually do have chocolate in my You bag. do. It really I usually helps have chocolate. Write. It really helps. I mean, <laughs> if you're going to need one necessary thing to yeah. take into right, if you don't take anything else, you bring some chocolate. Yeah, you bring yeah. chocolate. Yeah. Yep. Chocolate. Or I think I've thrown rubber chickens at you. Yeah. Too. <laughs> so a chair or something. No, <laughs> no, never a chair. All right. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> that is not oh, true. That's awesome. But I appreciate both of you guys, and I'm so thankful to have had our history with the both of you. And um, today we get to write together for the first time. So mm-hmm. it's awesome. Now that we have all this. Crazy thoughts running through our heads. (laughs) Are you guys ready? All right. Well, thank you for listening. I hope this helped you, all of you concept writers out there. And I look forward to connecting on our next Songwriter Personality Podcast. You've been listening to the Brave Worship Podcast with Dove Award-winning songwriter Chrissy Nordhoff and worship leader and music pastor Mary Beth Dodd. 
Visit braveworship.com forward slash free song and sign up for the email list to get updates on all the latest Brave Worship events, conferences, and retreats. Plus, get free songs to use in your next worship service, complete with chord chart and track. Also, find out how you can join Chrissy and Mary Beth in person at the next Brave Worship conference. Simply visit braveworship.com forward slash conference to learn more. The times I've grown most as a songwriter are the times I've had mentors showing me the way. If you're looking to grow as a songwriter, we're now accepting applications for our Worship Songwriter Mentorship. Now, it's available only a few times each year. The Worship Songwriter Mentorship is a songwriting intensive that will help you craft impactful worship songs. It's a course created by Dove Award-winning and Grammy-nominated, drumroll here please, (laughs) our founder, pro songwriter Chrissy Nordoff. It's a small group community, and it's led by other songwriters over the course of nine weeks. It's an intensive course and a small group co-writing environment, and that means you'll be added to a special group of about 12 writers, give or take. Each group is led by experienced songwriters, some of them my dear, dear friends, and I've even gotten to lead a group or two. Rachel here, by the way. We love the church, and we love to champion fellow worship songwriters just like yourself. In this mentorship, you'll learn how to write songs for you and your congregation, You'll go deeper in your intimacy with Jesus. You'll get the tools needed to help craft songs more easily and never run out of creative ideas. Okay, I know it sounds too good to be true, but trust me, this course is a game changer. You'll learn how to leverage your unique songwriting personality and connect with other like-minded writers in a meaningful way. Truly, I can't think of another course, group of people, community that has impacted my songwriting the way that this mentorship has. If you're wanting to take the next steps in your songwriting journey, then apply now at the link in our show notes. We hope to see you there.